Welcome to the Shard Keepers podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Josh. I'm David. And I'm Eric. And I'm not going to remember to call uh, David. Wi- uh, I'm just going to call him Wendy, pretty much. Yeah, he's Wendy. Sorry. Yeah, but well, I'll tr- really try and call you David. It's so, so yeah, this is our first Shard Keepers podcast, our new dedicated theory cast, and we're doing things a little bit differently this time. As opposed to covering one specific topic, we will be going over the recent signings and Q&As with basically all the random crap we decided we wanted to talk to you about. And there's been a lot of stuff, so I think that's good. Yeah. And I just want to apologize for lack of Elantris content in the main Shardcast, which will still happen. But uh, someone in this group, uh, you know, the person who does Shardcast with me, really doesn't like Elantris and is hard to schedule for. I wonder who that is. It's me. Hey. I dislike Elantris very, very much, especially three chapters at a time. It is boring. (laughs) You're going to get flamed. (sighs) Yeah. Have fun reading the comments on this one, guys. Yep. Yep. Totally will. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make sure to respond by banning all of you. I'll ban you first. Bring it on. I pay the bills, Josh. (laughs) No, Joe pays the bills. Don't lie to us. Okay. (laughs) That was uncalled for. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) The first topic on our agenda is the ever-beloved, ever-speculated-about Hoid. Hoid. Who's Hoid? A character from my books. <laughs> Brandon likes. Uh, if you don't know, if you if you're not into all the interviews, you don't know how much of a troll Brandon is, which he totally is, all the time. And one time, someone's like, "Who's Hoyd?" and he's like, "A character from my books." Ha ha. He actually did emote the word troll face. Yeah, it's hilarious. Pretty great. <laughs> so. We know some interesting things about Hoyd that have come up recently, including magics that he has access to. I know a lot of us very heavily suspected it, but it has been confirmed that he took a bead of loraceum from the Well of Ascension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has yep. ferrochemy. And his ferrochemy has something to do with him knowing, you know, where he needs, when, when and where he needs to be. He doesn't, he can't see the future, but he knows he has a feeling, and Farrakhami has something to do with that. Yeah, it's crazy. He also has breath, apparently, which is pretty odd. Like, wonder. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually. <laughs> I don't actually think I saw the quote for that. Well, There's a couple of them. Uh, well, we have one in the doc. Uh, yes, we do have notes for this mm-hmm. one, guys. Uh, yeah, it's. He, yeah, it's, he says, it's, Brandon said, it seems quite likely that he would. I don't know if there was a more solid confirmation on this, David. I think there was, but I'll, I'll look for it. Oh, so. I'll, I'll trust you, considering you okay. put stuff in the interview database now. Oh, oh uh, yeah, I totally do that all the time, yeah. What I think is most interesting about this is that it wasn't actually confirmed that Hoy did anything with the bead of Lorisium, only that he took it. Did he ingest it? Did he save it? Did he give it to somebody else? We have no idea. That's true. And what's really interesting is, uh, you know, he he went to the Well of Ascension 
like before Vin got there, and he mm-hmm. and he stole it, and he so got the entire well, huh? The entire well, he just stole it. <laughs> the the Florentium, okay, <laughs> shut up. And he got in there by you know doing his Shadesmar manipulation, uh, but he didn't take the power of the Well of Ascension, even though it was filled. Mm-hmm. And this is really awesome. Brandon just said, Hoyt had no interest in holding the well's power in the state that it was in. What? Does this this has so many implications. I mean, does this mean Hoyt would have had interest if he could get all of the power? Like would he want a shard? Or maybe he just didn't like preservation's essence and didn't feel, and he was feeling like that wasn't something he wanted to be constrained by, but he'd be like, oh, I want honor, or something like he, that. He would know that he would become a sliver, I suppose. Because mm-hmm. he obviously, if he's specifically getting one bead of lorasium, I'm pretty sure he knew exactly what it would do. Yes. Yeah. Or he's doing that to find out. Keeping in mind also that Ruin hadn't actually fully dropped at the time yeah. that he was there. So maybe <laughs> that has something to do with it. Maybe it was the fact that That's both good. of the shards weren't available. It was just a fraction of one of them. They're not available at this and time. We've, we've seen very often and very emphatically that Ruin and Preservation sort of have to be taken as a set or things start going wonky. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, and circling back a little bit to the Hoyt has Furukami thing, it's interesting because it implies, since he predates, like, Scadrial and Ruin Preservation, there's some way to get Furukami without being born with it, which we didn't know for sure until now. That's a good point. Besides, like, yeah, it. it's, it's always been theorized that, uh, you know... You know the alloy of adium and loracium does mm-hmm. give you ferrochemy, but I mean, we don't know if that that's the way of doing it. But there's mm-hmm. some method of doing that. Yeah, maybe that's what he did with the bead, or part of mm-hmm. it. Who says that he kept it whole? I, I honestly, given how long Hoyd lived, ferrochemy would probably be a more useful thing than alamancy. I agree. Yeah, like. Oh. Yeah, but he still might have other uses for it, or other people that he's working with might have uses for it. Yeah. And that is a good question, is do the beads of Lorasium have to be a specific size in order to be effective? Could he have divided it up somehow and used part of it and kept part of it? Mm-hmm. I think he could probably divide it, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he like just burned part of it, that he would be, become a weaker Alamancer, you know? If he's just getting that much less power grafted into his yeah. DNA. Like, like, say, a Vin or a Kelsier level as opposed to an Elen mm-hmm. level. Which yeah. would still be really awesome if you go to other planets, because having Alamancy is... It's not region-based at all, so that's a, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to have. Especially if you're trying to, like... You, you wouldn't have to worry about bronze, people! Uh, seekers trying to detect you. I mean... Probably other magic systems could detect Alamancy, but you'd probably have to know what you were doing to do it. Uh-huh. Probably, just, just like how Seekers can detect other forms of investiture if they know what they're doing. Yeah, but if they don't, like, you don't know that, oh, this random person's world hopping. It's like, I'm going to see what he's doing, and it's like, you wouldn't know. Yeah. So I could just, like, be soothing people, and no one would be, no one would know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but do, you think, do you think he wants a shard? 
you think he's upset that he never got a shard? Hmm. Uh, That's difficult for me to say right now. I don't feel like we've seen enough of Hoyd being Hoyd for me personally to comfortably mm. speculate on that. Yeah. Yeah. He's usually got a mask of some sort on, acting all jokey or whatever, so. It's hard to tell what he's really like. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to tell whether he's just the sort of person that likes to have his fingers in everything, or if he's actually, you know, he, maybe he's just a meddler by nature. Maybe he has some other, you know, end goal. He wants the shard. He wants all of the shards. Who knows? Yeah, it's real, really hard to tell. Um, he 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 wants something, but it's I don't know what it would be. Yeah, but. Uh, here, this is great. Uh, the, another thing that Brandon basically confirmed is that so we've been calling the epigraphs in part two of the Way of Kings uh, the letter because it's the letter from someone to someone else, and it talks about race and having a beef with. Uh, Sorry about that. With him, no worries. Uh, and Brandon basically said in a post about you know, is Odium evil? Uh, he said, whether you think Odium is evil depends on how much you agree with Hoyd's particular view. And he mentions how Hoyd has this beef with uh, Odium. So that's pretty much confirmation. Who else do we know has the beef with Odium? Mm -hmm. The person who wrote the letter, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then again, and... knowing Brandon, he'll pull something out of somewhere and it's not going to be Hoyd just to prove us all wrong. Though, given the reference to you old reptile, and given what we know about Hoyd... Well, we do know that it's the letter is sent to someone in on Yolan. So. Oh, do we? Yeah. Yes. Yes, we do. Oh, okay. So, you know, dragons and dragonsteel, just throwing it out there. It's in the title. Maybe. And since... And since Hoyt is from there, it yeah. seems like he would probably know somebody <laughs> on Yolen. Would make sense. Uh, and then the crazy thing, Hoyt and Kelsier, they hate each other. Why? Brandon said that uh, if they were at the same party, murdering could happen. Like, holy crap. <laughs> because Hoyt took Kelsier's money, why else? That's, that's right! <laughs> Kelsier... <laughs> Never forgets a grudge. You killed my wife. You you took my money and lied to me. I don't know what accent I'm doing, but <laughs> no, 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 no. See, that's Kelsey. Hoyt hooked up with Mare. This is where the beef really comes from. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah. Maybe Hoyt stepped on Mare's flower. Ooh. She had a real flower, and then Hoyt killed it. <sighs> what? Jerk. That that is clearly a killing offense. One flower, go die. Yeah. Well, there's only one as, flower left, I think so. As much as we all love Kelsier, we all have to admit he was a little murder happy. A little bit. A little bit. Little? <laughs> I'm gonna start a house war. I'm gonna randomly murder people in the night. And what we see in Mistborn 1, that is a f small fraction of Kelsier doing his shenanigans. He did many, many things and killed many people. And he's like, ha ha, I'm gonna smile. This is, this is amazing. Yeah. Somewhere isn't there actually said, a, like, a isn't there actually a uh, quote Brandon. for Brandon about Kelsier's mental state? It was mm -hmm. confirmed. Was... Brandon said that he's a psychopath. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, 
We're all saying the same thing. <laughs> Go figure. It's like we read a lot of the same stuff. Right. Do you th- may- is maybe Hoyd upset that Kelsier, you know, he's been sticking around in Shadesmar or the spiritual realm. We don't really know, but he's sticking around in one of the higher realms. Uh, he's in he's in shade or he's in the cognitive realm for sure. Brandon said that. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so he's hanging around in Shadesmar. Maybe maybe they had a very interesting meeting in Shadesmar as Hoyd was getting oh. Kelsey was like, Hey sup and it's like, uh, uh what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing meddling? Like, I don't know. It's like I thought you were dead. Nope. It also could be that, because we haven't actually seen any 17th Charters from Skadriel yet that we know of. Uh, Maybe he's involved with them somehow. Maybe he's aligned with them, and Hoyd doesn't like having somebody with basically the amount of influence that Kelsier has over the world involved Mm -hmm. in the crap they're doing. Yeah, but as you were about to say, David, we mean Demo is a 17th Charter from Skadriel. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Forgot yeah, about him. yeah, but uh, but I mean that was yeah, a stupid moment. <laughs> but Demo is a survivorist, so oh yeah, you know, he totally believed in Kelsier, and so oh man, I'm just imagining survivorism on Roshar. It's kind of amazing. Uh, but I mean, both Kelsier and Hoyd, they both have this whole we like intervening. Whereas the person Hoyd was writing the letter to has a non-intervention policy. Kelsier would not have a non-intervention policy. Mm-mm. No. Kelsier's like, I'm going to intervene everywhere and you deal with it. Uh-huh. Which I saw could, someone... Which, oh. I said, which Go could ahead. be a lot of just the source of their conflict. It's nothing major. It's just the fact that they're both intervening and the things they're... The end goals they're working towards with their interventions might not always line up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be, yeah. I don't know, but I sure hope we see Hoyt and Kelsey are in the same place to find out. I yeah. want to know so badly. Or who knows, maybe maybe Hoyt was just nobility on his home world. Mm. <laughs> well, alright, that, that would make that very easy. Your nobility, uh, I want to kill you. I'm not even from your planet. Too bad! Kelsey would. I'll wipe that smirk off your face with stab. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I saw someone on the forum, so maybe it was on Reddit, say that they were wondering if the reason Din didn't go see Kelsier in Mistborn 3 is because preservation, Kelsier was whispering to Vin saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And so she, that's why she left. But you did, mean why she didn't go see, why she didn't go see Hoyd, not Kelsier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But did that happen before Laris died or after? I thought it happened before. Oh. I, we'd have to check, because Kelsier didn't hold the power until Laris died. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't even but know I, that. I'd, I'd have to look again. It's been a while since I've read it, honestly. Yeah. Uh-huh. That'd be, I mean, if that's true, then yeah. But, or, but, I mean, Vin's strong in her own right, and Brandon's comment said that she just got spooked, and it, it wouldn't necessarily need to be Kelsier. She's smart enough and maybe could sense that something's weird about him. Oh, that's true. And at one point, Brandon did say that people with spikes, which Vin did have, are better communicating with people on the other side. Because she said that, or he said that, or Tensoon could speak to Vin, possibly, because he has hemorrhagic spikes. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, so, that's, that, that makes me happy. Yeah. 
Because someone was bummed that Tensoon never managed to find Zin when he spent the whole book, a whole yeah. Hero of Ages running around Gadriel trying to find her. That's true. That is sad. It's a sad, it's a sad ending to a book. It is. It's, it's like sad. It's like Fry's dog. Only instead of dying, he became a constable. <laughs> <laughs> because that was the best analogy ever. I've worked for me. Okay, so speaking of Skadriel, other interesting things happening there, non-Hoid related. So. We have a few more hints about the people on the southern continent. So many hints. Like, I have to completely rewrite that Coppermind article now. <laughs> I mean, we, we've we seen, I mean, it was already mentioned right from the very get-go um, that they developed in a different way than the people we are familiar with from the Mistborn series, obviously you're a completely different side of the world, not touched by the Lord Ruler, blah, blah, blah. Survive the ash regardless, and or, or rather the heat of the sun during the final empire period. And we don't actually know how they did it. Mm-hmm. So there was something and well, they discovered something very interesting. Yes. As it turns out, Southern Skadrians do not access the, metallic arts via genetics it's not born into them they actually access them via technology same powers but access with technologies coin shot guns honestly i'm sort of thinking along the lines of if anybody's familiar with like Power Rangers or the Common Rider series or anything like that, where you have these devices that suddenly give you these awesome abilities. It's like magic. Hey, yeah, that's. <laughs> and there was actually a Q&A question on our forums back when Brandon did that, that sort of drew a parallel between, do you think you'll have anything like this? And it was sort of a veiled Common Rider reference that you might have picked up if you're actually familiar with that series. And Brandon hinted that, yes, there are ways to access magic via technology, and now we know who's doing that. Yep. And, interestingly, if the southern Skadrians get to the northern half, it's perfectly possible, because it's by tech and not genetics, the northerners could get all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I see no reason why it would be regionalized to the south. I mean, this isn't cell. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm what I'm interested to know is because it's technological and not genetic, do they have full Mistborn there? Do they have full car- full Ferrochemist there? I would assume that like each I don't think it'd be the same because I think I'm pretty sure Brandon hinted that they wouldn't have uh, misborn there because mm-hmm. obviously no one ingested out uh, loracium there. Well, no, but I mean people with, because we don't know the limits of this technology. Mm-hmm. If I have my magic coin shot, you know, my magic allomancy bracelet, do does it only have to be a coin shot bracelet or a lurcher bracelet, Ooh. or could I have something that gave me pa- all 16 powers, or could I have different things going at once that gave me different powers? You know what? I just came up with an amazing idea that these these pieces of technology, they're bound to you like a shard blade or something. And so you could only maybe have one at a time. Maybe, maybe I have no idea. This is just totally off the cuff. But Well, and if they don't bind to a single person, can you use more than one of them to enhance your power even further? 
Yeah. I think Brandon would have to limit that somehow because I think he does want to keep Mistborn special, especially as the Mistborn series goes on. Or maybe he wants more Mistborn tech in, like, you know, later. He oh. did hint at wanting to do a story involving a Mistborn serial killer in Skadriel's parallel to our 21st century. That, yeah, that's so maybe the that's, second, that's the second yeah, trilogy maybe, plot, the first Maybe book. that's how that person has those powers. Maybe it's via technology. <laughs> I think I figured out how they just how in the third Mistborn trilogy they're going to build spaceships. I think they're going to use that tech as magic, and so you don't need mistings there, like, doing this all the frickin' time. That's good. That one poor guy who's just burning a cadmium bubble all the time, or whatever. That sucks. So, yeah, I guess he kind of needs a technological way of doing it. Because Allomancy is going to get weaker and weaker as the centuries go. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to go away. Mm -hmm. Well, Ferrochemy, too. Look how quickly Ferrochemy diluted i mean there were no fairings in the time of the final empire and now there are no full keepers that's a there actually were a few they were just very very uncommon but you you know what i'm saying they were the full Mm -hmm. keepers were much more prevalent they were the majority rather than in the final empire mistborn were already severely in the minority yeah yeah that's a depressing thought to think that the third Mistborn trilogy has no Alamancers or something. I'm sure there would still be around, but maybe they'd just be really rare or something. But the technology, that does make me feel better about it. So that's mm-hmm. good. And thinking about it, really, um, inborn Alamancy wasn't actually really all that prevalent until the period of the Lord Ruler. Exactly. And so if you think about it, yeah. this is more like Skadriel returning to its natural state. The, no, maybe I, yeah, definitely. The, the people were always supposed to have technological access to the powers, as opposed to genetic. That's true. That's a good point. I think yeah. the I think that at least the annotations suggest that uh, the Lord Ruler kept this group of people on the southern hemisphere in case his modifications to people utterly failed and killed everyone. And so maybe he gave them that technology, or at least the start of it, so they could help survive. Maybe. But, I'm... but, I mean, thinking about it, we didn't really start seeing Allomancy born into people until started things going on, started going all wonky with the world. Definitely. When things fell out of balance, yeah. that's when measures had to be taken. And so you look at these people on the other continent who were allowed to develop untouched, and what do they develop? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess you wouldn't need uh, the Lord Ruler to tell them because just necessity, and eventually you develop it. Mm-hmm. That makes. Or sense. maybe preservation stepped in and did some stuff because Alamancy is of preservation, so maybe he decided, "Hey, you guys, make stuff." Well, he does like to preserve people, and and he was stronger. Like in the Mist Spirit, he's very weak. He was stronger, and so even a thousand years ago, he would have been much stronger to be able to do things. Let's actually bring up an interesting question is we've already been to all these different worlds where the magic is already established, but how did the people discover it in the first place? We don't know. Excellent question. So. Yeah, like Alendi, he didn't, or when he became a seeker, like how did he know to start swallowing bronze or whatever? Like how would you know if you snapped if you've never heard of it before? 
Well, it doesn't seem like he even really knew. He just used it to sense the Well of Ascension, and that's about Mm -hmm. it. He was probably using it the same way Vin was using Locke. Honestly, yeah. and he's weak enough that it wouldn't be a dramatic effect anyway, and you're a Seeker. Who are you going to seek if you're the only Seeker and there's no other Alamancers? Yeah. You're going to sense the Well of Ascension. But interesting things to dwell on. So, yeah. anyways. Shadesmar? Shadesmar. What, do we, what did we learn about Shadesmar recently? Uh, you can't access it if you're in interplanetary space, which make, makes sense. So Brandon said the cognitive realm does exist in interplanetary space. It exists everywhere. Uh, but Shadesmar is a special case, and you couldn't enter Shadesmar in interplanetary space. And that is because uh, Brandon also said that Shadesmar is like space where things that are thinking the volume expands so if you have a bunch of interplanetary space this volume that shadesmar has is like nothing and so there's because it's devoid of thought right right exactly the the volume of thoughts going on determines the volume of the corresponding area in shadesmar yeah exactly so it's just, it makes a lot of sense that, uh, you know, Shadesmar would, that this lack of distance in Shadesmar between worlds is probably how people get around. I was just going to say that. Right. Probably why it's so easy to world hop via Shadesmar. Right. Yeah, he, Brandon says, you know, this makes distances as we think of them very different there. Yeah, exactly. So. And they've got like, the expanse of the densities, which is bordering Roshar's little bit of Shadesmar. Like, I mean, it's not far at all. It's just across those little mountains on the map, even though they're probably like millions of miles away in the actual physical realm. Yeah, who who even knows that Shadesmar map? That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now we should probably talk about very interesting facts about uh, getting... It, apparently... Shadesmar is dangerous to travel to on Cell. And, and that, how we know that, that, yeah, that we've actually, we heard that a long time ago. We did. That was, yeah. And we've been speculating as to why, but we finally have a bit more information on that. Um, am, am, okay. I was going to um, David do it, but whatever. I'm, okay. Go, go ahead, Wendy. All right. Yeah, all see, right. See? See? Yeah. So, exactly. Um, the reason it's dangerous is because. Uh, there's a lack of an entity controlling the power of the door. There's no mind. This, the holders are dead, and so it's just kind of sitting there being the door. It's not doing much. And so, there's, and so apparently that much power by itself is dangerous. Yeah, he, yeah, he bl- just directly said that. And a lot of people have been wondering, well, honor's splintered, so what's the problem... What, it, is Roshar fine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roshar is fine because the splint, the spren are so much more prevalent that they're acting as sort of a release valve to give off some of this power and let off that extra pressure that Ancel is just sort of sitting there building and building and building. And apparently the door has no escape door. So Yeah, he said that the Seon and Skazi are not enough 
I guess there's not enough splinters to they're not, provide they're, that release valve or something. Yeah, they're not numerous enough. Yeah. And apparently we should all be thankful that Kelsier was there on Skadriel to take up Preservation's power for a little bit before Vin could get it. Or else the same thing could have happened there, maybe. That would have been interesting now. What what would have happened if Kelsier hadn't taken up the power temporarily and then Vin went to go p- draw on it? Ruin wins, and everybody dies. I mean, if... I don't know. It's it's hard to say, like, exactly what this raw power being unheld really does. All we really know is that it really did bad things to Shadesmar there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to say um, what this raw power would do. I, I would assume it would be unpleasant. Uh, I was actually talking with you, David, the other day that maybe uh, splinter, like splintering is a natural sort of effect of mm-hmm. power un- being unheld. But then, well, we have a quote that we'll talk about in a bit that, no, Odium did have to blatantly splinter and had to do that. So it's not just power sitting around that causes things to, to splinter. It, but it also ma- oh, Go ahead. No, no, uh, that was done. Okay. It also makes me wonder is... Is this danger that's present in Shadesmar on Cell permanent? Because it's a direct result of the power sitting there unused. If it were possible, now I'm not saying it is because we don't know, yeah. but if it were possible to reunite the splinters and get devotion and dominion back and have somebody take up that power, would it still be dangerous to go to Shadesmar on Cell? Or would the danger be gone because there's now something controlling the power? I would guess that the danger would be gone. At at the very least, uh-huh. it, uh, it would be repairable at that point. Like maybe you like it's causing some damage to like the stuff in Shadesmar, and you know you can't fix it while there's this horrible power that kills you that makes when you go there. Well, we've already seen that Shadesmar's form is very fluid. Yeah. At- yeah, so, so presumably you would be able to fix it if that was possible. So, uh, more about the door. When we will talk about the door, I will talk about the door much later, because, yeah. But, so, Elantris and Cell is very interesting in that uh, its magics are very regional-based. So you have Aeons and Aralon, and you have Soul Stamps, in my pawn, and they look like my pawn. So that's not a coincidence. And Brandon said that that actually is based on distance. Well, just like Aeons. I mean, they're not focused, and so it's not like an impressive effect, but they it does get less usable the further you go. And if you go to another planet, then it doesn't work. Yeah, which is... Interesting. So it seems like that's basically the core theme of Cell is their magic is entirely region based, Um, which means that, you know, you're born in a certain place, you get an affinity for that place and their magic and that you would actually have to rewrite a connection to a different area on yourself if you wanted to use their magic. You can't just move from Elantris to my pawn and suddenly become a forger. Yep. Which, yeah, that's very interesting. And, you know, probably the reason why it's region-based, Brandon said that uh, 
oh, a while ago that before the splintering happened, magic didn't work the same on Cell. And so uh-huh. pr- presumably all these splinters made it more regionalized, which is why we don't really see that on, say, Skadriel or Roshar or something. Or Nalthus. Or really anywhere else. It's just Cell because Odium screwed it all up. Well, Honor is what a splintered, jerk. though. Hmm? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Honor is splintered, though. Oh, so in right. Surge Body, it doesn't seem to be regionalized. Okay, assuming well, Surge Body is in Honor. Okay, well then, forget what I just said, because that doesn't make any sense. Good point. I mean, it could be that um, things weren't quite as region-locked as they were. Like, maybe having somebody holding devotion would allow Aeon Dor to work better farther away from Elantris than it currently does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also, I mean, if you think about Roshar, it's mainly a supercontinent. So what is your region going to be? The entire thing. That's true. That's so, very valid. You still have Aeon in a different countries that have different magic, so that doesn't really work, but I thought that that was silly and clever. <laughs> Speaking of Odium, screwing crap up. And he loves to do that. Yes, he does. It's kind of his stick. Or maybe he hates it. Oh! Oh, oh so now Odium <laughs> is some whiny emo kid who can't stop destroying things and he hates doing it, but he hates everything else so he does it anyways? Yes. Yeah, yep. that's, that's exactly what yeah, it is. Definitely. He hates sitting alone in the dark, so he decides to just come out and destroy everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to torture you. That's my Odium voice. My Odium impression. Hoid, why did you steal Kelsier's money? It sounds the same as your Ruin voice. Shut up. Same thing. Okay, what's your endowment voice then? Oh, God. Um, no, yeah, we don't know what gender endowment is, so I, I can't say. Okay, you devotion. make it ambiguous. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so, if Odium was lured to Skadriel, someone asked, would he have uh, a medal there? You know, a god medal. And Brandon said that people on Skadriel have an identity tied to it and its magic. And Odium has to do certain things to allow those people to use a magic there. And so that's a very interesting answer. This word identity is popping up more and more since Alloy, where we discovered that that was a fair chemical property of things, which is very interesting. Watch out for my upcoming theory post on that anyways. Right. Uh, So you you had an – this said something to you, Wendy, something very interesting, I thought, about a longstanding theory. Uh-huh. So for a while now, people have kind of thought that maybe just because of a shard's presence being around people or if they, or basically like people coming into contact with an area where there's a shard or a planet, that their presence would sort of irradiate them and alter their sDNA to be able to use the magic system, like how the Aeonic people couldn't do any of the Aeon door for a couple generations and stuff like that. But and this is this is the theory of shardic radiation. If you guys want to find mm-hmm. it on the forums, anyway, continue. Mm-hmm. But since it says that Odium specifically had to, he had to do things to make so that people could use the magic. He had to alter 
whatever it is he had to alter, that implies that that doesn't happen naturally and something the shard has to consciously change the people to I'm, be able to use their magic. It I'm guessing that it probably has something to do with innate investiture. Yeah, you'd probably have to grant someone your your innate investiture. And mm-hmm. ruin and preservation obviously would have done that. Uh, Just by the, the act of creating people right. to begin with. This, you yep. know, as you're talking, this just made me realize why there's probably not an Odium magic on Cell. Because Odium, he, he didn't radiate any of his power to the Cellians because he's he's just there to kill a Devotion and Dominion. And he doesn't, he doesn't want to give anyone their power there. He's probably just is giving things on Roshar, that stuff. Yeah, he's kind of a greedy punk like that. Yeah, which makes him stronger. So, I mean, yeah. there's no reason to do so, unless, you know, he has a war going on. It kind of raises the question, though, what, if Odium just went to sell to kill the Shards, right? Why is he sticking around on Roshar and changing people there? That's a really Why good question. Why did he just kill Cultivation, Honor, move on? Because he didn't bother to hurt anybody on Cell, so far as we know. Do we know that he's not just trying to kill Cultivation now and then leave? But he didn't, or it doesn't seem like he's bothered to change any of the cell or the cellish. But it seems that people in Roshar can use uh, void binding. Which is, there's entities that can at least. There's yeah, there's nasty that. stuff on Roshar, no question. Um, hmm. And it says specifically that he did change the people of Roshar, so presumably they can do something because of him. Hmm, maybe... I don't know, that's a really good question, and really just has to deal with the Oath Pact, and maybe the Oath Pact was keeping uh, Odium there a long time. Maybe it took a lot longer than he thought it would. Uh, But he eventually was able to destroy Honor. Um... I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe My breaking the oath pact let Odium leave or leave Roshar and go to Cell. Entirely possible. There's also the fact that clearly some plans were made to raise an opposition in the future. Obviously, Honor left those visions that are now reaching Dalinar. Maybe there's some sort of unfinished business there that either the shards were trying to prepare the people in the future for. Or they were just trying to fight back against Odium in the future, and Odium's decided, hey, I don't like what you guys are up to. I'm going to come back and smite you some more. Mm-hmm. And if Odium already gave the people on Roshar innate investiture, uh, he, he's kind of got skin in the game. That doesn't seem like a thing that you could revoke, like ever, if at all. Maybe. Maybe that's why he's trying to kill everybody, because he's trying to get his power back from... <gasps> Oh, that's so mean. Oh, I really like that. But that is that is such an odium thing to do. I hate that you have my power. I'm going to freaking kill you now. He gave it to them to help destroying honor, maybe and maybe cultivation. We don't know if cultivation's still around, really. Yeah. And maybe he succeeded and now he just wants to destroy everyone to get his power back. That would make total sense. Oh, that's good. I like that. Because one of the things Brandon has always said is that Odium doesn't want to change himself. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe part of that doesn't want to change himself is he doesn't want to live with the lesser power. He does want to be the most powerful entity in the Cosmere, period. And yeah. so if his business is done on Roshar, 
all he has to do is get his power back, which means I have to kill everyone. Yeah, plus, yeah. with all of this stuff now that we're learning about these different Cosmere-aware groups moving around and getting up to various shenanigans, he might need that power back for reasons as of yet unknown to us. He'd probably want to fight Harmony, honestly. He yeah. would need as much power as he can. I mean, I would. I would. If I was Odium, I'd be kind of, you know, a little bit afraid of Harmony. Yeah, and th- yeah. that was explicitly confirmed that... Odium does not like what's going on with Harmony. Yeah, well, I'm, oh yes, we will talk about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let, let's just go. Let, yeah, let's just go to the next topic. Do you want to talk about the Adenalsium thing first, or the Harmony thing? We can talk about either. Um, well, we just talked about what this was, and so we might. Have yeah. Okay. Okay. It. Okay. Okay. Somebody asked Brandon recently. If Seiza, if something were to happen to Seiza and he were to drop the shards he currently holds, would he drop Ruin and Preservation or would he drop Harmony? The answer was that he would drop Harmony because they've now intermingled. This blew my mind because I have always maintained, no, they are two shards, but I'm apparently wrong. I'm wrong. Well, he's still not the 17th shard, so. <laughs> yeah, so now we're actually down to... 15 yeah, shards. right. So the math still doesn't work. Uh, so the, Ruin and Preservation still exist. The stuff that they've done, I guess, with imbuing their innate investiture to everyone on Skadriel, uh, still exists. And these there are still two shards, but now, I guess, with Seized's will on the two shards, they are starting to fuse a bit. We don't know how extensive, but... And it, he did say that it would take effort to split them, so it's not impossible. But maybe it would get harder as, as Harmony continued to exist for a long time, that these shards would keep merging. Mm-hmm. Which has interesting implications for the future of Aiden Alcium. Yeah. I mean, everyone's thought that Hoyd wants to re- reconstruct Aiden Alcium, which, you know, that's as good a theory as any. Uh, and this might be a way of doing it. Exactly. And you, David, actually had a really good comment, which I then, which then gave me a great idea about the door. Oh, um, I was thinking that, you know, since ruin and preservation, they're opposites. They're not going to end up mixing on their own. You need one mind to purposely hold them together. But on Cell, Devotion, and Dominion, they're not so explicitly um, against one another. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no, I wasn't, but that's very interesting. Oh, okay. But oh no, that's... You, okay. Yeah, I, I, you, you posted on the forum... That's, that's great. You posted on the forums that uh, maybe a similar thing happened to the door with these uh-huh. shards, like, merging. Okay, yeah. And that gave me an idea which I think... I mean, if you think about Cell... We've never really known what the crap the door is. Even with two shards, it didn't look anything like Skadriel, and we've been very confused. And with more, we're getting more knowledge on splinters and all these things, and that's good. But why is the door this one entity? I think clearly uh, some of this power of devotion and dominion started to uh, merge. And so here's my analogy. Imagine you have two vases. One's white and one's black. So these are devotion and dominion. Now you not the Adenalsium vase, no, right? No. 
Maybe. Well, Adenalcium is now also a window, so there you go. Yeah. So you th- throw the vases on the ground, and they it shatters into tiny pieces. This is the what Odium did to everything. Now you have a pile of crap, basically. And But if you zoom out, if the pieces are small enough and you zoom out, now these white pieces and these black pieces look gray if you go far enough out. And eventually, over time, perhaps... The, the powers there begin to think of themselves as similar. You know, uh, eventually, like Shai said, a wall thinks of itself as a complete being, and now maybe the, these fragments, I don't want to say splinters, because besides the Seans and Skazi, we don't really know what all the other stuff is, uh, but this these, these pieces maybe... Uh, think of themselves as, you know, we're both totally splintered. We kind of have kind of similar intents, and so maybe they begin to think of themselves as similar, and that's why the door's unified. And they're really not all that dissimilar. I actually have my mind sort of been churning over this as you've been talking, Eric. Mm -hmm. And think of... We we have three things right now that are key to what's going on in my weird head. We have devotion, we have dominion, Mm -hmm. And we have a region-based magic system that seems to fall very conveniently along regional borders, or, or like countries. Yes. You have right. devotion to your country. You have dominion, which is, you know, a domain, somebody oh. leading a kingdom. Oh. And you have the and- door powering them. And you have people, because if you are in a nation, like... We, in America, we think of ourselves as American. People, The people would have like a nationalistic sort of sense, which would have an effect on that stuff. And that makes total sense. And look at Galadon, who's a doula who wound up becoming an Elantrian. Because of his identity as somebody who, even though he wasn't born with a connection to Elantris, he was raised in that country and probably subconsciously identified himself as part of that country and it forged a connection it's like it's part of his identity hey oh i i agree with all of this and i i think all of these things are connected and that that makes total sense about why country because it's like oh that's the dominion that's the domain of that that makes sense and yeah, that kind of makes sense. I kind of feel that each magic, yeah, I guess each magic wouldn't necessarily need to be purely in line with devotion or dominion. I, I suppose they could. There's no reason why they wouldn't need to be, though, because it could be some combination. Looking at it in terms of countries, though, they're sort of intermingled anyway. Yeah. You yeah. are devoted to your domain. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's very true. There's so one thing that I can kind of see a potential problem is because Shudin, and mm-hmm. he and his family have been, even though they're Jinduis, they've lived in Aralan for generations now, and he still does Cheshan. But he's, a, I mean, everyone considers him Jindo, and that's he's true. had a strong connection to Jindo. And if he still he's... thinks of himself as yeah. Jinduis, I could see. Because like, I I actually know people who are from Japan, or their lineage is from Japan, they've lived in America for 200 years. 
they are still very Japanese. Their culture in their family is very Japanese. And, and so their devotion to their heritage would write a spiritual identity on them that ties them to their ancestral homeland, whether whether or not they actually geographically live there. Yeah, I would buy that. And there's just, with Shu Keseg, such a strong part of their culture, like, yeah, I'm writing a Jindo article on the wiki, and yeah, it's Jindo is a very recognizable culture to everyone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but, yeah, so that's... And, uh, like I mean, that's great. We've, we saw in Elantris that nobody was really sure how people who moved into Arlon who weren't his um, genetically a relish got chosen by the door as opposed to physical um, proximity. Mm-hmm. It might have to do with their identity. The that ones who start to perceive themselves as becoming a relish as opposed to doula or whatever are the ones who are going to be potentially chosen. I, I would buy that, and then you are specifically chosen to the Sheod if you are devoted to a particular thing. But you need that prerequisite of having an identity to Arelon. Yeah. It makes you me wonder, yeah. like, oh, um, if, like, say, Raiden and Serene were to, like, adopt, like, someone from Jindo and raise them a relish, like, in Aeonic culture, and they had no connection to being Jindoese or Fjordal or whatever. Could they be chosen by the Shayad if they thought if of they, themselves? If as... they identified as a relish or Elantrian, according to what we're just saying, we would assume that it would be plausible. I would still say though that, like with Jindo, they're they're dark skinned, and so people around them would still consider that a child a foreigner, which would still change that cognitive perception. So you still might have difficulty, but. If you chose someone where, you know, it's certainly possible, but there's obviously a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. It it depends, too, because there's also, you know, how big is others' perception of you compared to your own perception of you? Because looking at how soul stamping works, you can change how other people perceive things by literally altering an object and the way it perceives itself. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, that's true. That's a really good point. Oh, this is so good. I feel like we've just not known about Cell for so long since we discovered the Cosmere. Like, Cell's kind of been a mystery, but I think, like, we know a lot about it, and I feel a lot better about it all. I need to type all this up into a theory post. I'm the door thing's mine, man. You you can no. I'm, I'm talking stuff. about the Dominion thing. Oh yeah, no, you can have that. You can have that. Well, yeah, we should coordinate and post them at similar times and then espouse each other. That'd be good. <laughs> Listen to us plan our theory posts on Sharkkeeper's podcast. Yeah. But hey, that totally happened with the Shadesmar theory. That's right. Speak, oh, right. We should probably talk about Aiden Alcium though, because something yeah. really really important. It, yeah. So, like, if you thought the Harmony thing blew your mind, and maybe it didn't, but it blew my mind, and it blew some other people's theories' mind. This, okay, I guess it's not very surprising, but David, why don't you tell us about this? Um, about... Adenalsium, the Adenalsium. Okay, so, 
apparently way back when, when Aiden Alcium existed, there was it was consciously opposed by something. Something. Yeah. We don't the person, know who or what. The person asking said a group of people or a force, and they didn't really specify, but I, I kind of think it's a force, but and it's still around, whatever it was. It's still there. Oh, good. So we've had Ruin, and we had Odium as our villains, and there's something else that opposed Aiden Alcium. Oh, good. Okay, so what we do is we just take Odium and throw it at that thing. There you go. Well, Odium might not be, is clearly not that scared of this, which is alarming. Or maybe, maybe that's he why he's getting he his power know. back. What? Maybe that's why he wants his power back. Oh, because oh, he knows? Oh, Because would... he wants to He wants to be the most powerful. He needs to be more powerful than the thing that frickin' opposed Aiden Alcium. Oh, I just thought of the most troll ending to the Stormlight Archive. We defeated Odium! Oh, there's something way worse! Read the rest of the Cosmere series to find out how that goes! Well, the real question is, was Zayden Alcium a good thing? Yeah, I mean, no. it's, it's... I mean, I could actually probably argue that to really be... Like, the shards that we've seen so far are mostly negative. Well, I mean, to be able to continue ruining something, like ruin something over a period of time, you have to preserve it during that period of time to continue ruining it. Well, Brandon made, Odium. A good po- Brandon made a good po- post about that um, recently. It was in one of the quotes I saw scrolling through when we were getting ready to start this, mm-hmm. is that ruin isn't inherently evil. No. I mean, all things have to die and come to an end, and that was just Ruin's job. Is That is the way entropy manifests in that universe. And so if you look at taking away Ruin, suddenly nothing can die, nothing old can be removed to make way for the new, it would arguably be a lot worse without Ruin around. And so really yeah. you have to think about, can we, just because... Ati or Ati, I'm not really sure how to pronounce his name. Yeah, I don't Just know. because he was corrupted by Ruin and took things way too far and things got out of balance. And that's the thing. It's like, now that things are back in balance between Ruin and Preservation, everything's fine. So we really have to sit back and look at, can we really apply labels to these shards, such as positive and negative, good and evil? I'm not talking about the people holding them, mind. I'm talking about the sh- literally... The shards themselves completely, you know, independent of themselves. I completely agree with you. I automatically hate all theories that try and group positive and negative shards because I don't think that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you kind of think that Dominion's a bad thing because the Dakor are the villains in the novel of Elantris, but that doesn't make Dominion itself evil, and it doesn't make preservation good. Preservation on its own was a bad thing. And, like, you could pro- you can find good and bad in all of these. Morality doesn't apply to these shards unless you have a total jerk controlling the worst shard ever, like race and odium. Yeah, That's a and, problem. And Brandon did put a lot of emphasis on that, on the fact that race combined with odium's natural tendencies is the reason we have this frickin' terrifying identity running around destroying crap. Because you, uh... Because Brandon did say at Alloy uh, that, you know, uh, if a shard, uh, the person holding the shard gets to interpret its intent 
to an extent. And uh, Race is just like, all right, this is the best thing ever. And so Race just doesn't care. And, I mean, it'll still affect you eventually, as it did Ati, but, I mean, if someone else holding Ruin could have been way more evil with it. Like, uh-huh. probably. Like, and that, look and at that's what scary happened. to think about. And look at what happens with Seizet holding Ruin. Nothing bad. Yeah. No, nothing as bad, at least. Well, I that's... mean, yeah, bad crap's still gonna happen, but that's sort of the course of life. Yeah, he's like, you know, bad things will happen, good things will happen. I'll let people decide, and I will do nothing. Which, you know, would make sense if you're holding both of them. That's a total Seizet thing for him to think, and makes makes sense. Well, he doesn't do nothing. He well, just yeah. doesn't meddle. Yeah. I I personally think there there is something. Uh, you actually asked Josh, at my behest, I guess, that our shards is the most powerful thing in the Cosmere, and Brandon's answer was basically uh, shards are the most powerful thing that overtly manifest, uh, and um, but he did say. There are those who would say that there are other subtle forces being manifest, but most people in the know would say that shards are the most powerful thing. And he said that there was an argument that harmony is the most powerful thing in the Cosmere. Now, I'm thinking about these subtle forces. This, I, I think this is as good a candidate as anything that maybe opposed Aiden Alcium. I mean, it's yeah. impossible to know, but... yeah. Great topic for discussion. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that shards aren't the be-all, end-all when it comes to magic, which is, I think, what a lot of us assumed for a while. But we do not. We do now have a quote that there is magic other than the shard-fueled magics. Well, well it's not on the same scope. Yeah. Uh, he Brandon has said that. Uh, Splinters can power magic, and so at least I interpret this quote. Let me, let me read it. So it says, are there any magic in the Cosmere that aren't shard-based? He says, this depends on definitions. The effect of Adenalcium permeate, permeate everything, uh, and Adenalcium is also the short source of the shards. It is possible to find a magic that isn't directly powered by a specific shard. However, though most of these would have been set up before the shattering, which is interesting in itself they would be uh, smaller in scope than things like Allomancy. So, so, I mean, if you had a splinter, it would definitely be smaller in scope, but that, it is interesting, but it, it's odd that a magic had to be set up before the shattering. That's that's what I was going to say. That's like, because you don't think of magics being built and raises the question, like, what set it up? Was it well, People did, to figure out how to do it? What, or how would you even do that? What did Aiden Alcium imbue an Aiden Investiture with? Oh man, that's kind of crazy. Because you would have this, maybe, people with an Aiden Investiture not of a specific shard. That's weird mm-hmm. to think about. Well, like, what What does Hoyt have? Yeah, it's entirely possible that the original Yolish people have a, a non... A, an innate investiture that isn't of a specific shard. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, he did say that, you know, certain magics are always going to be similar to each other. Like, Hoyd has light weaving, and now we see light weavers among the Knights Radiant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Yeah, powers are always similar. That's crazy. 
Speaking of, uh, Stormlight. You were kind of stuck that. Bad segue. You know, we, we have bad segues on this podcast. Mostly me. But, uh, a couple things about Calden. Uh, well, Mindy, this is you. I mean, you're, oh, yeah. you're the wind yeah. runner. So, okay. tell us about Run runners. Wind. Tell us about these specific things. So, people on the forums were talking about, um, how there seemed to be a discrepancy between how long Seth could hold Stormlight and how long Kaladin could do it. Because Seth is like, you get a couple minutes of no breathing, and Kaladin's like, I can not breathe for a whole quarter of an hour or a third of an hour just on Stormlight. So people are like, did Brandon screw up? And so they asked him, and he said, oh, you noticed it. <laughs> so there's That's yeah, intentional. Uh-huh. There's a, that's not a mistake, and it apparently spoils the scene in Words of Radiance, which is hinting at, I think, a potential Kaladin-Seth showdown where Kaladin can hold the Stormlight a lot longer than Seth can. <laughs> That's like, oh man, this sucks. Or potentially the yeah. next evolution in Kaladin's powers, because remember, he hasn't completed his sort of transformation, so to speak, yet. It always, honestly, when I was reading Way of Kings, this always came off to me as sort of just a natural consequence of Kaladin's evolution into a, a Radiant of him growing in his powers, of the bond with Syl becoming stronger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there are very clear moments where, I mean, obviously there's all there's some progression steadily throughout the series as he gets better with it and gets closer to Syl. But when he speaks those words, all of a sudden there's this huge jump in mm -hmm. what he's able to do and what he's able to do with it and for how long. Yeah, And so I think it's definitely tied to the Orders of the Radiance, it's, and because we already know that that's not what's going on with Zeth. Yeah, we, so Brandon said Zeth is, has the powers of a Windrunner, but he is not a Windrunner. And Calvin's on the way of being a Windrunner. Yeah. yeah he, which is crazy, because I figured he'd be bound to some sort of Spren, because that seems like Spren are magic on Rushar. And Brandon actually didn't raffo if uh, Zeth is bound to a Spren. He actually said no. Which is crazy. Um, well, we're near the end. But now we just have some random stuff. Yeah, this is just stuff we thought would be cool. Mm -hmm. um, it's confirmed that Shallan has a shard blade. I don't know if there's anybody left who's read Way of Kings and doubted that. Well, oh. if, okay, spoiler alert, 50 minutes into the podcast, oh, there's spoilers in this podcast, so oh, you should probably read the Cosmere books. There's we will want to put spoiler in the title or something. Yeah. What? What's going on? I said there's spoilers throughout the entire thing. Yeah, just every, everything. It's like, we spoiled everything. But yeah, so Shalana has a shard blade, as... If you read closely, she mentions ten heartbeats, and so it was always kind of assumed, and yeah, it it's a thing. We we know it now. How what? do we know it now? What do you mean? Brandon said Shalon has a shard blade. There's no room for interpretation. Uh, I was just trying to pimp the um, Stormlight 2 reading. Of the Shalom oh. back. Well, if you want to, you could should go to our main page and look at our uh, readings tag and see what it... I don't actually remember what the tag's named, but you can go see all of uh, the 
Shalon viewpoint from uh, Words of Radiance, only on 17 Shard. Or yes. wherever that file was copied, which may be uh. elsewhere. Yes. I still loved it in the one reading before where we ended up hearing about the Parshendi for the first time, that Brandon actually started to read that scene and then stopped and is like, okay, who here has read The Way of Kings? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another random fact that uh, Wendy hates, uh, Denf has the royal locks. He's part of the Idrian uh, royal family, which, okay, let's be honest. It makes sense that everyone knows that Denth is Shashara's sister. If they're royal. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It's just, it was so out of nowhere that I was kind of like, what? And then Brandon's like, oh, of course, I'm glad you got that. And I was like. Well, Denth's so. hair changed when he died, so. Did, did you I just call died. him somebody's sister? Yeah. <laughs> Not again. I did this. I did this in one of the Shardcast episodes. You you remember this, Josh? Where I'm like Misha's brother, and then I just I had to bleep things out. Let's say, <sighs> yeah. Denth is Shashara's sister. I stand by that theory. I am always right. <laughs> because clearly, Denth is a girl. Yeah. And Basher was gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to make Nightblood really awkward for Vivenna. <laughs> She's totally crushing on him, and all of a sudden, by the way, I'm gay. If you wanted a romance between Vasher and Vivenna, tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Spook, speaking of relationships, had a lot of them, or at least 12 kids. We knew he was a stud. Quote from Brandon, stud, but he had over 12, he over a dozen children, so yeah, he's a stud. Good for him. He got some action. Good for him. Yeah, and good for Skadriel. Somebody in that series had to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's a misborn, so that's probably good in the new world, because all the prominent ones died. Yeah, yeah, especially with especially Alend. I know a lot of us were really hoping that you oh. know we'd get another few centuries of Alamancy out of him, but nope. Oh no, he has to die. Die. And if you're wondering, Brandon continues to say that uh, Stormlight is not about the overall Cosmere, so it's about stuff on Roshar. Uh, and so Seiza is not is only going to have a tangential role in the Stormlight series, so virtually nothing. Deal with it. Yeah, you want to see more of him? Wait until the next Mistborn books come Actually, out. You're gonna get almost as many. Well, you're gonna get more Mistborn books because three trilogies. You already have Alloy and more. So yeah, that's ten right there. Plus yeah, we have you know, we have and it's gonna be more. Yeah. So you plenty of Mistborn. Don't worry. And then the unknown god. What, what is this unknown god? I haven't heard of it. I don't know about the unknown god. Would you like me to tell you? Yeah. Yes, David, tell all us right. all about the unknown god. So in Emperor's Soul, there's a couple times when Shy prays to the unknown god. And I thought that was kind of interesting, so I asked Brandon, you know, is it related to those stone, those statues that they carved out of meteorites way back when? And he's like, yeah. Her people think it is. And he said, you should keep an eye out for people saying the God beyond, which Wayne says in Alloy of Law. Which so it is... seems the God beyond 
Yeah. That's, and that's the, really the My Pond do seem very romantically aware. That, you know, that's true. So if anyone's going to talk about romantics, I'm going to vouch for the My Pond, because we already know that romantics is a thing, so the other characters need to just get with it. Yeah, given that, like, Emperor's Soul has more about realmatics than, like, the previous seven books Brandon published. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> like, oh, by the way, exposition. And, it, and it's so be- it's so great, too. That's the best thing about it. It's not just, like, exposition. It just fits with the story rather than... Oh, it's so good. Brandon, well, we were- your boss. Yeah, and we were shown that the ancient Terrace people did seem to be rather... Cosmere aware, and they were at least somewhat romantically aware because of how they grouped the metals. We just never got to see much of it on screen, because obviously ancient religion no longer practiced, except by people we don't really see much on screen. Yeah, I mean, they, those world bringers, they uh, were all tricked, but they were also very smart, so. Okay, so, do we have anything else, or that seems to be about about it i think we're good i mean we've gone over everything well thanks for listening this week guys um if you want to reach us on the forums on the forum i'm rubik's i'm k-chan i'm windrunner and i'm chaos you can find us on twitter at at shardcast or at 17th shard and if you have any totally awesome questions or theories that you want us to address, you should send us an email to shardcast at 17thshard.com. Or comment so, on the post. Or comment on the post. Because, you know what? We totally don't have time to come up with all the stuff that we want to talk about, so you should come up with it for us. I, I Hey, do. it works for the Mythbusters. I do. Exactly. <laughs> send us your myths, and we will bust them. Your Cosmere myths. Yes, yeah, come up with your theories myths. and we will bust them for you. Theory buster. That's that doesn't really roll off the tongue at all. No. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, thanks for being here, guys. Yes, and, and we will be back sometime soon. Soon. Air soon. Quotation marks. Yep. Huh. <laughs> well, bye. It's, bye. bye. Aww.